Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bench Units podcast. Uh, James McSorley here, still going without Mark Schofield, but I'm joined by a guest this week who isn't Rose Hollerman for a change. Gaz Chowdhury, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, no I, I would normally, if this was like the real guest podcast, I would give you some sort of big intro and list all the <laughs> stuff you've done. And But now nah, you're, you're part of the furniture. You're, you're one of us now. So we're going to talk about some basketball games. Awesome. But we have to talk about Will Smith as well. Yes. Because we're I, recording I, this on the eve. Yeah, I did, want to, I did want to start this and be like, ladies and gentlemen, the year 2022, Will Smith has just slapped Chris Rock. Um, yeah, that, that is absolute chaos. Um, I think I'm just really upset about it because I love movies and the Oscar discourse is now about that rather than the fact that Coda won out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I think yeah, that's the thing that is upsetting me more than anything else because I don't know, there's 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 a real thing of like we could have been talking about some really cool stuff that happened or the fact that a movie called Belfast won something you know what I mean like there's all these different things that we could be speaking about instead but yeah but it, it just does show like our attention like I'm here for Will Smith slapping Chris Rock by the way I, I mean we were just speaking about it off camera oh really I'm here dude it's hilarious I find it absolutely hilarious but it is sad that the you know a, a a movie like Coda wins and and it's a it's a, actually a, a pretty monumental um, feat for a movie you know with actors with disabilities and 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 deaf actors and and some I mean it's pretty cool it's pretty monumental but no one gives a f basically at this point and we are talking about a giant movie star slapping a a superstar comic in the face yeah and I like it but I do like it I like it like the the, the kind of the chimp in me is definitely like, you know, on it, is, is here for it. Yeah, like it, it is just like, I don't know, there's something weird about, yeah, you probably like that might not be a joke that you wanted to make. And maybe Will Smith was like, hey, I got to do something. But like, you're 50. Why are you slapping someone on TV is my thing. Like, do, do you think Will Smith feels like this is um, a worse or better move than uh, taking the, the Wild Wild West rather than the original Matrix? As oh, a movie, he did. I didn't know that happened. Yeah. Oh, did he get did, did he get Matrix offered? But did he didn't get Keanu's part? It was Larry Fishburne, right? Like, no, 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 no. He was going to be uh, Neo. So obviously, it'd have to be a white Morbius then, because you know. No, too much I don't know. Like, I know what you're telling me. I'm just going like, is an all black Matrix cool? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wesley Snipes in there, but just oh, Blade for no reason. Like, just put Blade in the movie as well. That would be sick. Now, Wesley Snipes in the original Matrix would have made it even cooler. He was already a cool movie. Even more taxes to not pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give it up, turkeys like Nino Brown. <laughs> well, okay, we've vamped enough. Let's talk about your game this week. Yes. Game one, Illunion 77, Amiab 72. So normally when me and Mark talk about all the games and we get to the game that I played in, he kind of lets me go. So I'm going to give you no guidance. How are you feeling? Um, sucky to be honest. Like, um, you know, it was a it was a great opportunity for us to kind of um, solidify or seal the league. Really, kind of take it out of people's hands. Sure. Um, and and we were up, we were up by double figures, um, and we kind of let it slip away. But you know, it was a game of runs. We didn't execute down the stretch, which has been a bit of a problem for us. Um, 
in the second latter half of the season. But yeah, it was super sucky. I mean, the the only redemptive quality was Madiba beating Canarias for league positioning. So it kind of made it put left us in the same position we were pre-game. Yeah. But it's um, one of those if you come off and you've won that game and uh, Madiba beat Canarias, you're like, oh, here we go. But exactly. Because yeah. then we would have had the cushion of losing a game um, and still winning the league. But now we have to, if we go, it's still in our hands. I think if you go four or four, it doesn't matter what anyone else does at that point. Sure. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, the game itself, we, you know, credit to Illunion. I mean, they, Bill was great. Greg Warburton's second half was unbelievable. absolutely berserk for the second half was like my main comment on the whole thing. Like, I think the game really turned, like you guys were up. Like I don't, I watched it sort of on a bus on the way back from a game sort of thing. But first half, like Kyle was going, you guys were kind of getting what you wanted. Um, Oscar was doing a really good job on Greg. And then I think, from on the outside on a six inch phone screen, like what it just looked like at the same time as the refs got a bit funky. Greg went absolutely like supernova for a quarter and a half and that'll do it. Like, yeah, I I think you pretty much hit it on the nose, man. Like, I mean, there's two, there's two things there from our perspective. We did a really good job. We were in control and we, in the first half, we weren't reacting. I mean, not. I mean, Kyle had a nineteen-point first half. Yeah, um, nuts in the first half as well. Yeah, and I mean, they gave. I mean, if, if I mean, it's tough with. I mean, you know, we're running power with Kyle and Lee, so Kyle's getting the. I mean, you know, what do you do? So it's tough. I get it. Yeah. Um, but they ramped up their defense a little bit. We, I, I heard a podcast. I think it was last week. You spoke about Oscar and Rubio being like a forty-something percent free throw. Um, outside shooter and he is for us and he kind of missed one and then we missed him on certain spots on the floor to get him going again and then by the time we needed him to occupy those spots again to kind of uh, uh, get control of our offense again and be kind of dictating the pace as opposed to searching um we kind of froze him out at that point yeah um, there were kind so, of during the stretch there were times that he ended up on he ended up screening up and stuff and i think there's a thing of there's a really tough line to tread where it's like, okay, this guy's missed his last three, but he's a 40% shooter. Does that mean he's off today? Or does that mean he hits his next two? And you don't know until they pull it. And that's a, that's a, that's a dangerous game to play, but yeah. Man, yeah. Think- and again, it's maturity, you know, he's, I mean, he's a young player. It's, I think it's on us. Like we did, I personally didn't see that in real time. I didn't notice him missing, uh, not occupying certain spots on the floor that we have to have him occupy which makes us really dangerous. I mean, him as a fifth option, man, like, yeah, is exactly. what makes our team. In, yeah. in in all honesty, okay, yeah, you live and die by, you know, I think you're going to die more often than you're going to win by either letting Lee go berserk inside, me, Kyle, or Fifi shooting outside, yeah, Harry, Harry or Ben on layups. Um, and, of course, we can speak about when Ali gets back in it. In oh, for sure. Uh, but, you know, Ben and Harry going inside and finishing inside, or the fifth option, which is Oscar and Rubia shooting, you know, six to eight shots and going five of eight. Yeah. Uh, wide open, like literally wide open. And I think without that, we're not the same team. No, for um, sure. I think he gets this real, this real weird thing that me and Mark have spoken about on previous episodes where someone's reputation as a whatever percent shooter from a certain spot 
takes longer to change than someone's actual ability to shoot that shot does. Like he he is as I as we've spoken about a forty whatever fifty percent shooter from certain spots on the floor, but someone will still see him catch the ball and be like, he doesn't even have fingers. Like which is nuts. <laughs> it's completely insane. But like there's like a there's a thing of. I think people are, because you guys are so loaded, like him being a good fifth option is still the fifth option, like in theory in people's heads. So it's like people have just loaded up on Lee since the beginning of time, but I've noticed it more and more this season. People are like, like maybe between you, Fifi and Kyle, you can hope that you can sort of bother people enough. And also there's just like, no matter how good a mid-range shooter someone is, it's less dependable than, hey, this guy can touch the bottom of the net. Like, yeah he's uncontested so i think people are just like hey we're gonna load up on this guy like big time and obviously there's a thing of like if lee gets under the hoop misses a shot and he's not well contested enough he puts a second or third one up whereas long rebounds are gonna go wherever they want but yeah i think that was it like you guys kind of there is a real thing of i think we kind of did it to the teams that we played up against the last couple of weeks as well like you guys alunion where i think we kind of noticed a talent mismatch so we were like we got to win the physicality we got to win this we got to win that we got to win the other we got to be smarter got to talk more we've got to we like like we beat the life out of you guys and we also tried to beat the life out of Alunion like obviously um I think Alunion were kind of there as well like they were like hey we need to out physical these guys because top to bottom talent wise I think you guys are more loaded than them I think most people would think so they've got a lot of great players obviously but I think that was the thing. And that kind of came as Greg went nuts, as the refs kind of swallowed their whistles for a bit, which was sort of all those things together, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Greg, you know, they, they made slight adjustments and Greg playing, and we spoke about this in the summer, you'll know, like, I mean, Greg hit two threes. I mean, when he, when he starts to expand the spots on the floor where you have to worry about him, because he's such a great shooter, right? And he... Yeah. And he's so and he's so efficient. He's like Abdi in that way, where he just like occupies these really difficult spaces to get to in these like little holes. Yeah, he's in the you're, pocket, you're about, like like a boxer in the yeah. pocket. He's like, I'm right here. I'm perfectly safe here. And he's also like, he's got the like. I tried to figure out what made Greg so efficient in the pick and roll, and I went went between like, is it more Chris Paul or is it more Kyrie? Because it's the Kyrie thing of like, I'm gonna pull this. Like, yes. I don't care Absolutely. where it is. Like, he had a couple, like, just inside the three-point line, like, jump, one dribble off, like, spinning just inside the three-point line. And that's just, like, I, like, laughed and threw my phone away when he hit one of them. Yeah, like, yeah Greg's going to have a thousand points. But um, exactly, I think exactly that. Exactly it's the little that. micro adjustments. Of, like it's the yeah, micro anything. adjustments of, like, I'm going to pull this. Oh, no. But he's got the core of a non-typical two because of the hand thing obviously where he can go little mini dribble off slight adjustment square up pull it or it doesn't need to be completely square um him and kyle can have the similar things there as being twos with full cores where it's like they can just get going in like non-conventional ways like it's 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 so good to see but he also has the like he got people a couple of times with the Trey Young, like come off a pick, stop his chair and just get nailed. He got Oscar with one. I think he got Harry with one. Yeah. So funny. Like so funny to see. Phenomenal. 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 And, yeah. and, you know, um, but I mean, Amadou made some shots and Pablo going six or seven again, just like he did in that run against you guys. Yeah. Uh, 
he went six or seven. They got a huge shot from him in the middle. Yeah, I mean, it was... like a minute and a half to go. He drained that one, which is heartbreaking because, like, that's a shot. That's a shot that you would probably write on a whiteboard on a Monday morning that you're content to give up. Like, which is it's just how it goes. Like, you give up a shot to someone because they're a thirty whatever percent shooter from there doesn't mean they're going to miss all of them all the time. Like, that's that's tough. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean, the thing for our team is like, it's, I mean, and me personally, I genuinely believe like luck is kind of generated when you do so many things right that it's kind of accumulation of things and and the games we've lost like the one in the union when you spoke about greg getting hot the rest falling there with all those things kind of kind of coalesce to create this this loss but i do think like if we had if we had executed you don't get greg having a semi-transition pull up on harry you, you know like if we would have got a score a shot that we wanted in control that doesn't happen so yeah. So I do think Illunion took, I mean, their defense was great. They took us out of the game. And our inability to execute down the stretch was, was I think, I think really the, the main cause of the loss. And Illunion obviously capitalized on it. Yeah. I think because that, that's the thing, like I've spoken about the thing that I think you guys have above any other team in the league normally is like, all right, we have three minutes left we have x amount of shots and every one of them is going to be a fairly high quality look and that kind of didn't happen for you guys in the last couple of minutes do you think that's purely like if you had to put a number on it like like a percentage you had to attribute to their defense versus your lack of execution where would you put it seven three i think their defense obviously made a difference obviously i think and this is not i don't know this is i don't think it's rocket science really but but um, if if we play with screen protection, you can't beat us. I, I don't really think. I mean, you're just hoping at that point, right? So if you, if we're if you allow us to play a five on five game, sure, um, where we where we can get like where we can be in like those like we spoke about Greg, but where we can have our shooters in like scoring pockets, mm-hmm. you're just hoping. I mean, you might win a game because we just clank everything, sure. But, uh, you know, you're not going to win that game generally just because of the shots we're going to get. And I think Illunia's defense was fantastic. They they forced us to play in these odd angles. They jumped without the ball at times. Yeah. Uh, on the weak side, which and they really aggressively tripled early without necessarily without necessarily. I mean, they mixed up their their looks. They they were physical, and that I think that's seven. And then three is just us not. Um, us not doing a good job of just recognizing those adjustments and then having the counts. Sure. All right. Cool. I'll start. I'll, I'll, I'll stop about this game then. I'll leave this game alone. Every time we have a guest on, for anyone who's listening, anytime we have a guest on, Gaz messages me and he's like, you should have been more hard on them about this thing or that thing. So I really <laughs> wanted to be like, all right, let's put Gaz under the lens here. <laughs> what do you think about this? And game? the other thing is, you know, I went three of... 13 altogether. I mean, you know, six points is not going to get it done. So there, there you go. go. Fair enough. There's the sound bite. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that no, would be but terrible. it's true. No, that but that's terrible. what happens sometimes, right? That's what that's that's essentially like that's what happens. What, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like we spoke, we we're gonna speak about him again, who I think is absolutely the world. I think Chema is not the world MVP. I think it's your other teammate who's legitimately like playing better than a prime Johnny Pollock and Colin Price combined right now. He's, um, gone, he's gone so nuts and it's so cool to see because I think it's like a 
pride in playing for Bilbao thing where like Asier went down and it was like everyone else was like oh we're gonna share out then he was like no nah, don't worry I got it <laughs> like, I'll like take 2002 Paul Schulte oh yeah it's, it's absurd it's absurd what he's doing but anyway we'll get to that I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up <laughs> next game um next game is Burgos Zuzanak did you get a chance to watch any of this if not uh no cool no. it's fine I looked at the stats though I had a look at the stats yeah um so we had a two people involved in my team who will go unnamed had a bit of a bet because they were having an argument about Matchek and how good he actually is. And the bet was someone was like, Matchek is going to have at least 18 and they're going to beat Zuzanak by at least however many. But so Burgos 71, Zuzanak 47, I think covered it. <laughs> and Matchek had 32. <laughs> we come on here once a week. And Maciek has shot nine from 18 and has 19 points because he's hit a three. Like, that's just what he does. But he went berserk. Like, <laughs> No, absolutely. And I think it's, it's kind of like telling that Mark's not here. I'm glad because he would be boasting right now about, you know, the team that he's uh, been on their bandwagon all, all year. Yeah, it's it's a real bit. Yeah, you need to do at least something that Mark would do. So this is your chance if you want to be nice about it. <laughs> Normally, I just talk about how good Kim is, even though he hasn't really gone, like, gone nuts at any point yet. But he gets. Oh, a lot he's a load. He's a load. He's a load. But I, I do think like Burgos are on that trajectory because you know they had the Korean guys come over and sort of midway through the season. I yeah. Mean, when we played them, it was like they had a second game, or they or they literally just arrived. I can't remember. Oh, we but, had um, them game. We had them game one because we were game planning. And then heard that they signed Gim. And I was like, well, throw the last three days out then. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so, I, so you know, you knew they were going to get better over time. And I think they're just showing that. And I think having a dominant big, um, you know, opens up the floor for Maciek because he can, uh, he's defended probably like a 1.5 should be given the, the yeah. value of points on court, as opposed to being defended like Abdi is, like they're a four. You know, that much attention is being put on them. So, so yeah, he's 30-plus points. I haven't watched the game, but I imagine they're all those kind of, you know, for a quicker reference of Jimmy Anderson, pace bowling, like, comes in on the scene. I'm Irish, man. Come on. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm bad at cricket. I'm bad know, at cricket. Come on, that's, that's the other side of the community. You can't come <laughs> in here with your Pakistani nonsense and just, like, talk about cricket. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, but yeah, well, it's, I, a, it's all just like like right wing. He has a real thing. And I think Abby does something similar every so often where it's like, oh, they're going to jump. I better shoot this before they get here. Like, man, Magic is, is actually good. Like, I don't know who, why anyone would think he's not. He's, he's legitimately good. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know. Like, someone was trying to say that they were like, no, he's good, but I don't know. Is he? And I was like, he's 1 5. Like, there's a level to, like, there's a limit on it, but like, you probably can't name five one fives that you'd have over him. Like I don't, you definitely couldn't name five, but um, like, I don't want you to, but. <laughs> yeah. One. We had this argument um, and I was like, Ismail R. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, every, every time we list people, I leave someone really obvious. Like, like we were talking about best two fives in the world and I forgot to mention the MVP from Tokyo. <laughs> so like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to list players off because I don't want to just like leave someone out. The people we upset don't listen to this, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
But I do think he's a, he's a perfect like because like Kim's not a big time scorer as such. You know, he's he's dominant. He's gonna he's a load, but he's not gonna. You know, he's not like when Fifi was playing last year. You know, Fifi could at any point get forty. Yeah, like, much, the, only, the only when they were playing someone big, it was like Burgos are gonna lose unless Fifi has forty five, and then he just did like twice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like they beat they yeah. beat Bilbao. They, that was like the only. Apart from the first game, it was like the only other game Bilbao lost, and it was because he went absolutely berserk. But, but also, like I think a big thing that makes a difference for Burgos when they're playing against lower down teams is added on. Though I've noticed when they lose, he's three from twelve or four from twelve every time. Like he shoots twenty five percent when they lose, and it's always it's definitely not a symptom of they live or die by him shooting well. It's a symptom of the other. Like their number one and two players, Gim and Macek, get all the heat, and he has to take some like contested backcasters on the three point line fadeaway, which he's more than happy to do. Like you've played with him, but yeah, like I think that's the difference. Like he was taking easy looks, but yeah, Burgos looked quite good considering they have like two and a half guys that like really contribute. Other side of the ball. It does. It does put the, con- the the context of Vigo losing to Zuzanak into context as well, though. Yeah. So like that that loss looks way worse now. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had a. a <laughs> I got a message from someone when that game was happening, and they basically were like, "This isn't to go on the podcast, but man, do we need to talk about that game?" <laughs> yeah. So before it went on, but yeah. Um, other side of the ball, that Ruben Visa, the double amp, can do some yeah. stuff like. They're not, they don't have the quality, but like he's the sort of guy that if they went down, I think he'll stick around. Like someone else will pick him up. Like he's, he's all right. Jose Leap is just launch man, but he took seven shots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you jump, I mean, that's always a, you know, and, and it's no disrespect to Zuzanak, but you know, oftentimes when the better teams are playing them and you see Jose Leap put up, I mean, not excluding, I mean, he was unbelievable against Vigo, like credit. Like thirty something points, yeah. Was was phenomenal. Five, I think. Yeah, you, you know, for I know at least when we've played them, we've kind of like there's some. So we kind of prepare for other teams that are going to have an attack player like that as well. So we do different things defensively. So he he can he's going to get those shots. But if a team is really keying on keying in on him like Burgos did and keeping seven. You're not, you know, his, his stats are going to be affected. You obviously. don't generate anything from that. He's also just too small yeah. to get his own stuff without. The only thing he can get on his own is he's like the all-time great drawing a foul on a three-point shot player. Like, yeah. he's, he's Chris Paul's sweep through in the wheelchair game. Like, it's nuts. We played him last year. At I'm time. not having that. I'm not having you compare <laughs> Jose Lee to Chris Paul. I'm not doing that. Nah, I've compared nope. two different players to Chris Paul and both for like one <laughs> for an actual reason and one for something stupid. Okay, well, given the Trey Young like drawing BS files on people. Yes. Okay, let's yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I'm not having Chris Paul. Like Greg, the MVP of the world championships, you know. Um Chris Paul's the third year of all time, president. but he also absolutely is a thief. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a complete grifter but he's the third greatest point guard of all time i would say uh, maybe second i don't know he's there or thereabouts yeah. so but i'm not having you compare hoselie to chris paul sorry i'll stop just three, stop three point file drawing was my only point also 
the stats here are so funny because someone apparently played 61 minutes and 59 seconds. Every so often I come on here and I depend on the stats and I know they're wrong, but it's it's fine. We'll figure it out. Okay, next game, talking about Vigo. Vigo 83, Las Rosas 45. Vigo just were like, hey, we're going to press you guys. This is over, which I think is obviously the oldest, slowest team in the league's kryptonite. Like, you have a 50-year-old who starts, like, we're going to press you. <laughs> and he's not the slowest guy on the floor. No, that's the thing. He can get moving, man. Like, it's weird every so often. Like, <laughs> he'll get up some speed. He was 11 from 14, like, against the press. <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> he's 50. No, I think he's 49. Um, man, these guys, like, you know, but it's credit to him. Like, he, I mean, he's, you know, he's still probably, he's strong as hell still, obviously. Um, but yeah, he's really kept himself in shape as well. Like, you know, we, we spoke, we, you said about, um, you mentioned Martin Arredondo. I think that's two, like, sides of the ball where a 50-year-old who's kept himself in shape is still playing this game and going, you know, 11 of what? What did he go? 11-14, Zavala went. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Nuts. But I think it's just like, you look at, they took 41 shots in 40 minutes. Like, that is some pressing. I know, a couple of free throws too, but you know what I mean? Like, you, you, took, you took 40 shots from two and the other team takes 56. You're probably going to have a, a bad time. You know, you, the gap is so big and you continue to press. So they, clear, I mean, Vigo clearly like took out their, you know, it, it's like, um, actually, I'm not going to make that that connection, but oh, it'll no. be like, getting, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say, but don't say it. <laughs> no, These but they clearly boys. took out their frustrations on last Rosas. They didn't let up, obviously, looking at that that. Yeah, for sure. Like Romo and Alejos played 40 minutes. Also, they've got like eight guys is the thing. Like I've noticed in this league, like even when people run the bench completely, like you've got two guys on the floor, like at any time, because like no one ever goes to like eight points on purpose just because you're up by 40 with three minutes to go. Like, no, and that would be disrespectful almost. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there is some, I think there is something to, to not like, just, you know, like, you've be... got to keep some adults on the floor. Like, you've got to keep exactly. some, like, yeah. But I don't know. My, it doesn't really matter in a game that you blow someone out by this many. But mine and Mark's theory on this, if you've heard it before, is that Romo and Alejos should take 20 shots each, like every game. Uh, more, more, 25. <laughs> I love this. 25. You're one of the only people who will exaggerate as much as I will on basketball. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, I don't know why, but I don't know where this came from. But like, I'd go to Rose every so often. And be like, Rose, you should take thirty-five shots tomorrow. Like, I don't think but... that's ridiculous at all. If she has the ability, if she, if if they gave her a chance to shoot forty times, she could shoot forty times. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've got so many weird theories that Rose has been let in on just from like me playing on the same side as her on offense constantly. Where I'm like, yeah. Rose, I want you to take two terrible shots every game so that the, <laughs> the opposition team are like, oh no, she means it, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, not a whole lot to say about this. Um, yeah, we have to go to Vigo next week and I've heard so many bad things about the journey. Like I know it's oh. far away from everywhere, but we're up North. So I didn't think it'd be too bad. It's six and a half hours anyway. Like, yeah, how, is it six, how is it six and a half hours from here? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not that much longer from like you guys, I would say. No, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's it's like eighteen hours journey for us because we stopped seventeen times. You know, oh. like yeah. yeah. But we normally travel there a day before. Actually, it's that oh. it's that long that we can't do it in a day. No, we do. Like we did, you guys Malaga. We flew actually. We did you guys on Mercia the day before. We're doing this the day before. But the big thing is, it's funny how you like take care of the players and make sure that they're ready for the game. But like, the, as soon as the game's over, it's like we're driving seven hours straight. I'm getting home. Like we would never stop on the way back. No, with uh, Burger King or Tele Pizza or something. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. A little bocadillo on the bus if you're lucky. <laughs> um, oh man. Our drive back from, God, where were we a couple of weeks ago? Madiba, we stopped three different times to try and find food. I was like, next place we stop, if there isn't somewhere to eat, leave me here and let me die. <laughs> like, <laughs> just abandon me. All right. Anyway, <laughs> next game. Uh, by the lead, Fundacion Aliados, 44. Bilbao, 63. This was a rock fight. Jeez. Yeah. We shot. 26 from 73 from two. <laughs> wow. But 73 shots. Putbacks, man. We've got three giants. Yeah. He's just like, that's true. That's true. They, we were terrible. They were actually up the first quarter, 12 8. Like, we, I don't know what it was. Like, I know the rings are not tight in Bilbao and the backboards are pretty loose. That lefty bank shot has been broken down over the years. But these rims felt real tight. And I think it's because we've got three guys who just chuck it at the rim, like, and I'm one of them. Um, rim's not that tight if you airball is what I find out. Um, but yeah, we were bad. It's just they they weren't great either. Like we just figured it out at one point. Like we went 12-8 first quarter, 22-10 second quarter, like figured it out. Third quarter was kind of tight. Fourth quarter, we won by nine or 10, like, not a whole lot to say here. Um, I was talking to Yelmer in the middle of the game um, about at the end of every episode, we give out the belt and he was like, I want the belt. And I was like, if you beat us, you can have it. So <laughs> no, no belts, no belts in this game. Um, Yelmer's like the guy, like uh, if you were, a, if you were a junior and you saw him come into the like gym, probably carrying the chair on his back, you'd be like, oh shit. He's... <laughs> He's like, I always knew he was quite big, but every time we get on the floor, I'm like, this guy's a giant. And he's like, he stood up like the same way everyone is. But I was like, this guy is massive. Like I see him on the floor next to Hasso. And I'm like, there's not as big a difference between those guys as I thought there would be. I think it's because he's like really short seat legs out in front of Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's a bit of that. But his trunk, his size as well, though, you know, he's like. so long. Yeah, like he's a, he's a lot of man. He's not quite as much man as Hasso is, but he's a lot of man. Oh, no, no. No one is. People's <laughs> champion, Hasser. But, yeah, this was a... There was not a whole lot to talk about in this game, apart from the fact that we just figured it out eventually. Um, but the um, the question I had... Also, the stats say that Esteche had 16 shots, and he hasn't been here since November, so that's good. <laughs> but what, I, what was I going to say? Maxi Ruggieri is very, like good if we play exactly this way he's very like we play we play this way we we run our horns like our two high screen sets and i come off it this way and i shoot this bank shot and obviously i i'm on the team with the number one guy in the world for like 
this is how we play and I will be great at it. But like, who else is on that list? Do you know what, do you know what I'm trying to get at? Like someone who needs the floor to look a certain way to play. Cause like yeah. Asier is number one, like in the world for that stuff, I think, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Maxi Ruggieri is pretty close in terms of what he needs in front of him to be successful. He's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what we calling because I mean, I would imagine if you put someone like Maxi, Jose, Lee, a lot of lot of like guys that can shoot the three are quick, can handle the ball, mm-hmm. um, they'd all be successful in that way. But yeah, Maxi, uh, but I, uh, but also success like their bottom half of the league. Like I don't know, I think success. Yeah, so like, so if you put, I mean, okay, Maxi the two five and Jose is a three five, yeah. so that that's the difference there. But as a two five. I don't know. There's, I think all kind of main attack players are quirky in in the sense that we need the floor to be a certain way. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You like, know, like, like, like Burdoon in Cantu was like, no, this is how we yes. play. Like, yes. Stop yes. It. <laughs> yes. Adolfo is like that. Even, even you know, guys that are kind of improvised. If you look at Tommy as well, it's kind of elbow extended and everything. It has to look like that initially. And then he's cool to like kind of, yeah. flow past that point but even myself i mean if you think about even someone like you know maybe a guy who can score in 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 every every way imaginable someone like terry even he needs the floor like if you, if you think about how he floats and spins and floats he kind of needs the floor a certain way too so, yeah. so I, maybe... I don't want to i don't want to align maxi i think the thing with maxi is that once you stop him like would be this what makes what David is doing so ridiculous is that once you stop him, he is a two five and he is sat low. Yeah, so he doesn't. Ha- yeah. So like the fact that he needs a little bit more help and maybe he could be better with spacing. I don't know, but he's, I don't think he's, he's uh, as robotic as it appears. No, I, I, maybe that wasn't fair. And maybe the thing is like any number one guy likes to have a certain thing in front of him. Like, I guess that's probably more what it is. But I just like, as we were playing him, I was like, oh man, he just has this in his pocket. Like he just had like the, like if you like bullet pointed the reads off a certain pick and roll, where it was like, okay, first one. Yeah. Do, like when you hear like, like someone like, there's a video of Kobe, like really simplifying, like how to beat someone one-on-one where he was like, first one. <laughs> pull it second one they're too yeah. close go to the basket third one you go this way and he's basically like that like first one i shoot it second one you jump me i take a dribble off basket like like how yeah. you would teach a kid to run a pick and roll but yeah. like so like just mastered it but yeah but you would be better actually because you you're a type you're a defender that gets just sent out to the primary guys often right so who that have you defended in this league in the spanish league specifically that you find that you can predict what they're going to do or when you said maxi obviously and guys that you find that are primary guys that you can't predict that you Um, find are really unpredictable i as someone who kind of tries to go out and shut down like primary guys it's not like i'll have in my head like oh this guy likes to go here like but that's more like i kind of try to make sure i know everyone's sideline and end lines for stuff like that but it's more the people that i think can be shut down it's more like personal preferences within themselves or like this guy does not put the ball in this hand ever, or this guy has to go towards the, the baseline here. Or so it's more that than this guy needs to have this pick in front of him. Cause I don't, yeah. 
the more I ask that question, the more we, we've explored it, the more I'm like, no, there's not as much in that as I thought, but I just wanted to get into it to see if there was anything. But yeah. you know what I mean? So a lot of my, okay, how do we stop this guy is, I, I like it regardless of what's behind me it's like okay this guy doesn't want to go there or this guy does want to get there like there's a lot of even with maxi at the weekend it was like we figured out at one point he was killing us this way and it was like okay let's see if he wants to do something else and it was like no he doesn't like mm. but yeah no not as much in that as i thought there would be but <laughs> fun, fun to get in there to get back out yeah okay i'll, uh, I'll definitely pick your brain some more on this actually Cool. At some point. Nice. Um, you, you, like, you've got, you play with plenty more people that you could pick their brain easier than you could pick mine. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Malaga, Mercia. This was closer than I thought it would be. Malaga, 69. Mercia, 49. Although I say this was like, um, I say this was closer than I thought it would be. Like, Mercia have kind of rounded out into like an okay basketball team since they signed. Uh, Halfley and stuff like because we played them at the start of the season I always say this we played them at the start of the season Halfley hadn't signed yet and also uh, Beatriz Sudaire and um, Joaquin Robles just weren't there for something so we just blew them the hell out and I was like oh those guys are terrible and then I forgot that that was half of their team and they just got promoted like yeah you know what I mean like and I think I also think um and what do you call them? I also think Lalo got like three fouls in the first quarter. So like we just played half a team. So of course it was yeah. easy. But yeah, they're 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 all right. But Malaga have been the team this year that I think are in the like Grand Canaria two, three years ago spot of like like can scare some good teams. Beat the Union. Like yeah. um, like that's the one game that we've got left that's like that I'm looking at because we just played top four in a row um like us, we, just pretty much like us we have yeah, like we have malaga schedule. left and i'm like oh god that's the one mm. that's our last one away i mean malaga the thing with them is like it, that analogy of a couple of years ago canaries is really apt i think i mean they're gonna grow i mean they, they've got a young team i think their their biggest issue comes from um they that like their attack player, he's playing absolutely amazing this year. Oh man, uh, Mole, yeah, right. Um, he, he's been great, but if he's having an inconsistent game, um, they they kind of need either Pete or someone else, another mid to just kind of keep their score ticking over, and that seems to be their problem because, yeah, you know, when you're playing them, you you know, Cosarina's having a fantastic season, he's, like, he's, gone, he's gone nuts, man. He's just no, like, it's so he, great to see. And it's great to see, you know, um, you know, young. There's a, there's a few young, you know, high point players, um, but to really see one that can, you know, score at that kind of level at such a young age, he's only going to get better. So it's, you know, I mean, he could he could be like, um, oh man, the French, one of the greatest scorers of all time, forever. Um, yeah. Johan, oh, God, what's his name? Nico. Yes. Yeah. You know, long, long, you know, long, really long, not huge, but they are long athletes, can shoot the ball. You know, he can post and he's got true post up range, like natural post up range yeah. from sort of mid range already. You know, he can really score. Um, 
And he's also and got a sort been. of mentality for it as well. Like as they have gone on this season, they've been super happy to just throw the ball to him in the high post, which is like, that's, that's a lot of responsibility. Like yeah. he doesn't care, man. He's, he's no. 10 from 18 in this game, four from five. He had 24. There you go. There you go. And you see him, the thing that, you know, is you see a lot and it's normal, especially in young players, you know, you miss your first shot, you're kind of tentative, you take the second one, you pull it, you don't, you're not sure about it. And then you see them shy away from shooting the ball. I think when we played them, he missed a couple of shots early, like badly. He, the next, like, I think six straight possessions, he still shot the same shot. Legend. Yeah. And, and you see that and you say, yeah, you know, this guy, this guy can actually put the ball in the hole because he's got the mental game down already. And yeah. And, I really like Malaga. I really like them as a team. Um, and I think Addy uh, deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing there. Abdi as well. Yeah. Um, I think Pete's gotten better as the season's gone on. And, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen when we play them. But um, I think he's you know, got a he's, big one in him. Yeah, he's right on the cusp. He needs, I mean, we've seen him in training. He's got everything. He's oh, just he's nuts. He's so smooth. Like he's so highly oh, skilled. Like, oh, bro. Like he's got everything. And if he, you know, if, if 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 he gets some of that Cosarina mentality rubs off on him, and he has that one big game where he says, "Oh, this is actually what it feels like," yeah. I think he's. I think they're going to be they're going to be a handful. And the Kings Cup, they're not a team I'd want to play. No, he has the little like he has the, a little bit of the like sad, angry, like misses a couple of shots, fumes with himself, things still in him, which is like I have it, like everyone has it a bit, but like. He has, he has a little bit of that in him. As soon as that disappears, he's going to take over the world. Because he's like, you've just, we've all seen him. Like, he's had several little runs at, like, GB men's camps. You're like, oh, this guy's unbelievable. But, yeah, yeah he's he's pretty special. Abdi went to eight from 14, which is good to see because he's been kind of in and out. Because, I don't know, he's been, like, back and forward and had COVID. Yeah, he had COVID. And then he's, he's had a bit of a bad run. Like, you know, I think he had COVID and then he... Hurt his finger, like it's just we do random stuff that yeah, just old man stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs) Old. Oh yeah. yeah. The one thing about Malaga is like they play twelve guys, and I know this was like a twenty-point blowout, but they kind of play twelve guys all the time, and I wonder they've got like seven or eight good players and a handful of all right guys, and I do wonder if they if tightening that up, like if it gets to Copa del Rey and they're like, oh god, we're actually in a game with whoever one of the top teams do they do they tighten that up i'd be interested to see although i'm yeah. calling it copa del rey draw they're actually going to draw one of the non top 5 teams like they're going to get someone else who's down that level like you know they're going to the way every year there's like a some of the top 4 teams have to play each other in the first round because it's not yeah. seeded and then via the lead play malaga or something like it's going to be something like that i'm calling it yeah, because what was the Canarias' first game was? We got Bilbao last year. That's what it was. Yeah, so, so that's that. So yeah, it could happen. It could, it could definitely happen. Yeah. I, I, is it the first two are seeded? Uh, the top two are seeded, or is it just? I like. I don't remember. I think first two is seeded. Yeah. Right. All I remember right. is we were watching the draw last year, and one of our, like, someone on our team in Gran Canaria last year was like, "We're getting Bilbao." I can already tell you that, and. Like as a joke, but then he was right. <laughs> Put once that out. Again, you know, once again, we nearly got them. But anyway, talking about Gran Canaria, wow, what a transition! I'm a pro. Uh, 
Talking about Gran Canaria, uh, Madiba 72, Gran Canaria 65 after overtime. Mm. Another, like, that's that's a low score for an overtime game. Like, Yeah, but hell of a game. Hell of a game. Yeah, man. Um, like, like, end game was great. Because you, you so often in our game, like, you see the end game ruined by refs or something, you know, like some sort of calamity. Yes. Like just ruins end games, but this wasn't, you know, you had a situation like that. You know, Charlotte, wow. Oh, cash. Charlie Murray, you know, clutch. Yeah, like, you know, um, and she made a big one in OT as well. And then Rose, I mean, Canarias didn't call a timeout. I can't remember if they had one left or not. They went down the floor, and you know, no one wanted to touch Rose because of the foul situation. They don't want to put it to the line and win the game with the line. She kind of gets a great look to win it that I would, if you would have paused there and said, guys, bet everything you have if this is a make or miss, I think I'd, I'd, I'd be homeless and, and, and naked on the street right now because I would have bet everything I have that that goes down. Yeah, I still can't like, believe it didn't go down. I can't believe she got all the way to the cup, but I think that is like a, I'm not having a ref make this game one way or the other like for sure like and also i think there was a thing of i don't obviously i i don't remember 100 percent, but it felt like rose got like got off early like first yeah. quarter and mediva didn't do enough on rose obviously it's tough because there's a lot going on in that team they don't have a low pointer that you can kind of help off as much but Rose kind of got going and she did a lot of damage early. And then I feel like the big adjustment that brought Madiba back into it was just like Rose seemed to not get a whole lot for two quarters. Yeah. Like I feel like she went eight from 11. I feel like she must have gone, um, she must have gone six from nine in the first quarter and a half. And then yeah. it was last two. That one before, like just before the end of the game that she was like left wing coming up on the turn. That was like yeah. the most. Like you see guys, like people who have the really, really pure shooting technique when they're like, as long as my elbow gets towards the hoop, I'm fine. Like yes. that was some twisty, turny, like three and a half points and above nonsense. <laughs> that I just couldn't even imagine. But I, they were so clean as well, man. You look at a game yeah. like that, eight from 11, like what? And you know, they, pre- I mean, Madiba just stuck with the press. Just yeah. stuck with the press. And I think, obviously, Jorge Salazar fouling out hurt him massively. Oh, sure. Massively. Yeah. Um, and I think he... The games where they... Like, for example, against us, against... Um, who, who was the other big game that he had? The first game oh, they beat Madiba. Oh, yeah. The first game they beat Madiba. You know, he, he was unbelievable. And he's, you know... And, and I think it's, it's the kind of... Curse of the kind of mid-sized big person on the mm. floor you know where in games where he's legitimately maybe the best true big on the floor yeah they are unbelievable oh, you know yeah. like against us like you know down the stretch on the right side they made the adjustment of putting him in um uh, on the side of um uh, away from lee and then they he just shot the mismatch and killed us we couldn't defend the size yeah. And he did the same in that first game against Madiba. Whereas in this game, his size wasn't the factor. The press took him out and he wasn't the dominant. He was just another big on the floor like Madiba's playing with four bigs. Yeah, for sure. But I think early on, I was surprised that Grand Canary didn't have a little bit more trouble with the press. And I think a lot of it was 
their press break was like as soon as the shot goes up salazar was like i'm out of here like as long as someone gets or someone went but more often than not it was salazar because yeah you need jorge sanchez with the ball in his hands most of the time and i don't know if those other three guys would get over the halfway line as well like salazar is an absolute like like a train when he gets going so double that you know can change direction you know change speed he's a beast he's a beast so but yeah, no, no, but that, like, was, that was a big thing early on. Like their press, I was like, I really thought this would have, and it does have an effect in terms of like you get down the floor in like a three on three rather than your five on five. Like if the press people, I think people look at a press and they're like, oh, well, you're not getting steals or turnovers or eight second calls or whatever. But what you're getting is the best five on five team in the league isn't playing five on five. Yeah. Like yeah, Duncan area exactly. getting down the, down the floor in threes and twos, which yes. really makes a difference. But yeah. John Hernandez. Yeah, and I think Luigi, like, you know, obviously you played in that exact spot, but, like, he didn't have a good game at all. Like, no. there, there was, you know, even not, not just finishing, he missed a couple of easy looks, but in terms of, like, operating out of that press, if they, if they just get, you know, the, the, the cost of that press is, like, one good pick because they are playing with a low on the floor. So yeah. if, you can, if you get one good pick, you know, you've already got a mismatch because of the one is on the floor. Yeah. And then you can just get layups. And Madiba not giving up layups, not having to pay that sort of price, meant that. And I think in that, when I watched it, at least, I felt like if they, if, if, if they got, if Canaris got a little bit more out of Luigi in the open court, you know, up the floor. And same with Ari as well, again, up the floor. Yeah. Um, they, 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 you can't, you shouldn't be able to press them. And Madiba did a great job. Oh, yeah. Madiba's press is like, I think that's the best defensive unit in the, in the, in the league because like even like Charlie Moore is not slow like Charlie Moore can move um yeah. I, I, in terms of having a um female one pointer on the floor like you're technically if you ascribe points value to what people should be contributing like your only job is to not be a negative technically like yeah. mathematically and she holds her own like stuff no, no, phenomenal phenomenal and she plays in the best number there is number four oh so. yeah oh yeah team four <laughs> um, um but no she was unbelievable i mean she made a real difference in the second half as well like yeah. just and again that the confidence like it's so great to see like you know her having the trust in herself to stay in that free throw line and, and credit to phil and that team for giving her that confidence yeah, that, yeah to that them going to them because they ran that last play was i think it was phil and lewis in a pick and roll then they had john and, and john and john had a shot like and he and you know, he turned it down. Um, Kicked it to Charlie and she made the shot, which is, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, just to, and just to make sure, like, she, she hit a huge one, which kind of took Canaria's soul, I felt, in the OT as well. Yeah. It was like, oh, another so one. She was two from two for the whole game. And they were, like, both just, like, absolute, like, killers. <laughs> like, yes. I think that's, but the, that's thing, the credit. That's the credit, right? That's what I've always said about Abdi. Like, you know, you play, I think she played the entire second half, if I'm not wrong. Um, you know, you play 20 plus minutes, you touch the ball twice, and you, you're, and both of them are like critical shots you have to make for the, for the, for the universe. And yeah. you do it. You know, know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, like Abdi, Abdi has the thing where it's like, it doesn't matter if he's missed 100, like, ball gets to his hands the next time. I'm like, yeah, Cash. Yeah, and Charlotte did that, and you know that's just just phenomenal. Absolutely yeah, that phenomenal. takes some real that takes some real stones. Stones is I'm, I'm like that's I need to find a better way to be like colloquial oh. stones. 
<laughs> but yeah. All right. So that's all the games for this week. Uh, I put out on Instagram and asked if anyone had any questions. And we've got a couple here. First one from Ayaka. She says, my son asks, what skills are most important for a small four or five? Um, whew. Uh, you pass I, and dribble the amount of people in wheelchair basketball who can't yeah, pass and dribble <laughs> but even simpler than that like you know uh, I think speed now especially as the game's going on like you know speed is the one I would say for a 4-5 that's small um, I would take someone like Ramonet as a 4 you know uh, sure. just the way the game has gone with the speed you know he he's he's sat smaller than probably a lot of the kind of mids now that are like, you know, ball handling mids, but yeah. he does have a little bit more athleticism than most threes that make it worth playing him. Oh yeah. He's, he's dynamite, man. He's so fast. Yeah. Like he's, he's so explosive the way he moves in his chair. Like he's, you know, I, I love watching that kind of play. We talk about French league every so often and it's just yeah. like chaos. It's teams that are like, can we win without enough traditional shooting? <laughs> That's fine, but yeah. So you think? Yeah, so I would say speed. Absolutely, go with speed and speed and shooting. Shoot, put the ball in the hole, and be fast. I always say this: like being able to shoot the ball is like it makes basketball easier in the way that I imagine like being good looking makes life easier for people. <laughs> everything, everything else is like five percent easier because you've already got that little buffer from like. Oh man! Like oh, I, I, I love it. I love it. The amount of times I'm trading, I'm like, man, if I could hit a 12-footer, I'd take over. The-. No, it's not true, but <laughs> you, and maybe no, that's you can't bit. shoot. You can shoot the ball, man. You can shoot the ball. Ah, two for me at the weekend says otherwise. It's fine. Um, you were better than me. I was three of 13 or whatever it was. So. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that three at the end. Oh, that was that was last gasp. You needed to put that up. But, man, um, that one that you hit with, like, like end of the clock with about a minute or two to go that you were just like, oh, I've got to get it up. And it went like 18 feet in the air. I had no idea how that went in. But next question. Yeah. For my yes. Who do you share your room with when you're with Team GB? Oh, um, normally Simon Brown. Mm-hmm. Normally Simon Brown. Um, I've shared with Abdi as well. Um, but yeah, normally Simon Brown. Yeah. And our Tokyo, our Tokyo thing, which was me, you, Ben, Abdi, Jim, Lewis, which was a strange, strange group. Yeah, it was. And yeah. you, and you guys were both like you, Ben, uh, Lewis, and Jim were kind enough to give the two old guys their own rooms, which was very I, sweet. I wasn't there. Was I wasn't sweet. kind. I didn't get. I, it had already been decided when I got there. No, I yeah, there. you know the rooms in Tokyo were a nightmare. When we got there, it was all like we couldn't put everyone. Because of the disabled toilet situation, so mm. it was a real, it was a real. But, but now you guys were very kind and let cool. the uh, me have my own room and Abdi have their own room. You have welcome. to share with you. You got to, you got to respect the vets, don't you? Um, <laughs> okay. Next question from Anna McSorley. Uh, are there any new players in the league who've impressed you this season? Christoph Cazarina was the one that came to mind, and we've already yeah. spoken about him. Yeah, Cazarina. Um, absolutely, Charlotte. I think. I think. Oh yeah, Charlotte is like Charlotte can can play in Europe for as long as she wants. I think. Oh, for um, sure. Um, she's she's really uh, done a great job this year. I'm trying to think of new players. There was um, that kid. I know he's not new, but Victor Bueno, who's 
playing, who kind of played instead Malaga. of who was gone, was he, he held his own man. He played well. Yes, yes. And he's getting in better shape. I mean, that, you know, it, it's not, it's good to see like, um, him him get himself into shape and and and, and make a difference there. I'm trying to think of this this uh uh no I think I think that's it. I think that's it. Anyone <laughs> and to be fair David David actually like having a resurgence what is he 40 now? No I think he's like mid to late 30s like I don't know he's older than me I think right oh I I I, I don't know we're acquaintances no, I'm joking um yeah. I don't know his age. I could go on the stats website, but I don't want and to. And he's absolutely like, I think this run, like, in, in all honesty, like this run by him, by David is like, you're, you're, I can't think of a better two and a half ever. <laughs> Tell me. You don't think like the, you don't think like the earlier Colin Price runs or even like the Jake Williams run no, because Jake, like 35, what, what did he have against Alunian? 36, 35. But yeah, 10 and 36, fives. 6 and 6, you know, going 5 of 8 from 3 against us. Like, you know, you guys beat us by 2 and we, I mean, we, you know, you pick it apart. But ultimately, like, he went 5 of 8 from 3. And our plan was to, like, you know, we live, we don't want to give it to him, but we live with contested 3s. And he went 5 of 8, yeah. 2 shots against... You know, um, Elunian to ice it. Yeah, you know, the just... fact that like he like wow. against Elunian, if you were like quick gun to your head, how many did David have? I would have been like twenty five, and it was thirty five. Yeah. Like, oh, you have a quiet thirty five. It wasn't like maybe it was just because I was in the game, but like yeah. I feel like he hit like a three early and then kind of. Oh, that crossover! I think I sent you that when I was oh, watching yeah. the game. Nice. Like, he just straight up crossed like Love Pablo over and pulled a three, and I'm just like, dude. <laughs> and one next hit <laughs> dude like it's just absurd and he's hitting you know you guys are running that stuff which I say it does where he kind of like is rolled in the key and it's a really that little in between shot you know Dirk Pasuan is so great at that as well yeah. um, and I say it kind of exploits that where he like keeps the ball there for ages and then finds a little dump down pass but yeah. now that it's coming off and hitting those runners like as a two five man strength, like he's that's, I think that's the impressive thing he's been like hey our four is gone I got you like yes so he's he's been a revelation um you know i've played with you know some great two and a half like i played with jake i played with jordy um i played with you know craig in the national team as a two and kyle as a two and do, those two are the best two twos mm. offensively ever i think yeah um but man come on now like come yeah. on nuts um also once again any two fives we've left out we're kind of sorry um, yeah, I mean, Lyndon. I mean, there's great two and a halves. I'm yeah, not, you know, what I mean, but yeah. this run of play, like in theory, there's better two point fives, yeah, right? Of course, but, but name like me five three game. better games. Yes. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um. Dylan Cummings asks, "Have you tried vegan haggis yet? And if not, he'll get you some <laughs> from Iron Brew." I'm, I'm, I'm definitely up for that. I think Dylan still owes me a crate of Iron Brew, by the way. Cool. So, uh, Dylan, I, I, I get on it. Okay, and I also put out asking people for wheelchair basketball hot takes. Um, we got one very tepid take and one very, very just sarcastic comment. Uh, they'll re they'll re remain anonymous as to push people to give us actual spice the next time we ask for them. One of them is just GB players are all running into form for the Worlds in Dubai. Correct. Like, 
but also it's sorry, I, I cut out there. What the GB players uh, are running into form for the worlds in Dubai, correct? And also it's six months away. Like, dude, that, I think we need to talk. Like, my hot take would be that that we have absolutely messed up wheelchair basketball because of scheduling in the last like three years. Like this is just ridiculous. COVID necessitated everything up until this January being messed up. And then we just kept going with it. Like worlds being somewhere that isn't a hundred degrees in July or August. But it's indoors, James. It's indoors. Yeah. Like, but I, yeah, I get that, but maybe they just don't want to like go somewhere that, that that's just that roasting. But Dubai is already just like shopping mall to like air conditioned like vans to shopping mall to sure. hotel to the to the arena. Like I don't understand how we can how it's okay to put the world championships at that time. I don't understand. It's complete chaos. Like the fact that like everything being messed up until now because of COVID makes complete sense. But like you literally have a sure. summer to fix it. Like sure. And you just like you put worlds in August and then everything's back to normal. Like it's insane because like i'm sure the spanish league and all the other pro leagues are just looking at it being like what in god's name are we meant to do now and and, i mean you know you think about like um what you know the 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 value there for example if the league decides to not start till post world that's you know as fellow athletes there's there's so many athletes that rely on this as a paycheck as a job so in principle some teams won't sign those players till january say yeah that's, so that's three don't four get months signed. of jobs like that's yeah. actually affects the people that are saying okay let's not start the season till after the world well that's the livelihood of x percentage of players yeah or the alternative is like clubs are just paying for empty apartments like and, and that doesn't make sense either so like yeah. it, i just don't understand how it's it, oh. I, yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't get the incentive structure there whatsoever. I wonder if Dubai, whoever was organizing it, the organizing committee there wanted it in November. And I wonder if that's just the start and end of it. But I just like having a chance to like get things back to normal and then not doing it is insane to me. But anyway, uh, I don't want to get canceled. No, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) No, but I think think it's something we have to, we do have to talk about, and especially in in a niche sport like ours, where it's not a monetary thing. Like no one really is going to make significant amount of money from the world championship. It's not like Qatar for the world cup. Like, you know no. what I mean? You're not going to do that. No so one's getting impact. pockets lined or anything like sinister. Like it's not. And it's not, the amounts aren't ridiculous. We're not going to sell the rights to this for no. 10 million pounds. So, so for me, the incentive structure is like the first point of it is like scheduling like the reality of our, of our leagues and our collegiates. Like, for example, if you're a college player in the, MBA, yeah. in the WNBA, um, in the NCAA, or like, how does that work? How yeah, does that work? Just, just miss class for two months or a month or. How does that work? And also, and so do, you have, like, do you have national team camps all summer and then just be like, all right, cool. This is the team. I'll see you in the airport. Like, or do you need a camp before you go? Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, our so league, I think our we league had to, to stop a that. month before that as well in January. Like our league stopped in November because the worlds were in, I mean, Euros were in January. Like, yes, yes, in December, right? The Euros, no, uh, sorry, December, Euros. December, yes, 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 started December. So, no, I can't remember, November, December, yeah, uh, December. December, it was the uh, 4th of December, it started, I think. Yeah, so I mean, if you think, if you think now, for example, like, um, 
you're starting essentially the summer. I mean, a lot of maybe some national teams will get the summer off, but you're starting the process for the world. Like as soon as the season finishes, yeah, and you you're potentially going back into a season. And that, I think we need to. I think we need to protect some time. I think we need we need that like uh, all the nations like kind of coming together and and having set times for these things. So so it, you know athletes are protected there as well. Yeah, like an international break type thing, like rather than and the IWF have the power to do that. The only thing is they wait till they figured it out and then they set this is an international break, so the clubs have to release yeah. people rather than having blocks at the start of the seasons. It's just not well put together. Yeah. I don't think. No, so I, I, I do. Yeah, exactly. So like, I think I think that is something we need to get better at, and I hope and I hope as the game develops more and more, that that gets yeah certainly looked at. And improve. Oh, right. Maybe the new IWBF council will sort that out. Player yeah. athletes. Fingers crossed. If any of you guys who are on that are listening, one, come on the pod and two, get it sorted. Um, you can do that in reverse order if you want. Um, okay. Uh, before we go, NBA finals pick. Who you got? Who? What two teams are making it? Suns, Milwaukee. Yeah, I think that's most likely, but I'm going to say Suns Boston just for fun. Like, well, is, is Steph coming back? Uh, I think so, but I'm not sure. Oh, no, I'm going to go weird. I'm going to say Grizzlies Celtics just for a laugh. Uh, who did you hear the t- hot take that Moran is going to be or is more of a generational player than Iverson was? Some ridiculous hot take. That is, was that was that hot take spoken by someone who makes their money by saying stupid things on TV? Probably, like, probably. I so. Like Alan Iverson is talent wise, he's in the top whatever thirty, like forty. What I don't know, but like yeah. influent, he's like the most influential NBA player of all time. Like for sure, David, David for Stern sure. literally put a load of NBA players in suits because he was <laughs> Alan Iverson too cool. Like. Cool, um, what he said. You know what I mean. He profiled all yeah. wearing t-shirts and tattoos and chains, so he made a load of guys in the NBA wear suits. Like, well, I mean, David Stern. I mean, I've just started watching. I don't know if anyone else has the HBO, um, the oh, Showtime Lakers. Winning Night. time. Yeah, have you seen it yet? No, no, it's on the list. All uh, right, it, it's. I'm only a couple episodes in, but like in that, it does kind of touch on this, um, this whole thing of the um, NBA being too black and i think david stern was at, i mean it, it, he, he just got introduced in the show so you kind of see um to sell to market the nba like david clearly had to uh for the lack of better word dilute the blackness of the league oh 100%. so i think he was just so yeah but i think it was it, it, it was like explicitly so obviously like within and it worked right it created this you know, one of the biggest leagues in the world. So I think he was just super worried about white people not buying tickets. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing where it's like not even buying tickets, but it's like how much money from the NBA comes from like, does 40-year-old John Smith, white suburban male from Minnesota and his two kids watch a game on a Wednesday night on TV? Like so much of it comes from that, like, Yes. Not yeah. not not to like 
be really general but that is such a big thing of it that he obviously was like i think some of it was like how do we get people over from watching football and you're like what do people who watch football um like or look like it was probably one of his things and then the big thing that david stern did in the other way is he massively internationalized the game which brought a load of money Mm -hmm. and people in and the game's better off for it but like the other the other stuff was real questionable like there's no there's no trap there's a there's no sort of doubt in why he was like hey we need these guys in suits like (laughs) (laughs) like it was like hey I don't know. It was, it was all very strange, but I'm glad. I remember that in real time, man. I remember that in real time, and it was it was wild. It was. I'm wild. glad they've repealed it now because some of the fits people are getting off is great. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Silver saw something that Kyle Kuzma wore into the arena on a random <laughs> Tuesday and was like, "Hey, dress <laughs> dress appropriately." Yeah. Oh man, there should right. be like a haircut thing. That, I think that's what the thing was as well. Like they were talking about haircuts and all sorts of stuff. It was like cornrows, tattoos, and like being black was kind of the thing which was rough like is it still in the ncaa they have to cover up their tattoo i know in high school they still have to cover the tattoo like, uh, i remember that was a high school thing like i remember lebron right. having to do that but i don't yeah i think yeah, yeah, I remember that. not really gone that way but sure but anyway <laughs> I, I'm, done we'll, and we'll, done. We'll, we'll call it a day there guys thank you so much for awesome. joining us Thank you for discussing games this weekend. Um, Thank you for discussing Oscars controversies and (laughs) Stern's uh, race-related dress code policies. But I think, I think from now on, like when you, one of your things, when I keep telling you, you should have like worked more or you should have gone in harder on a guest. I think the standard you should set is as long as you're not going as far as Will Smith, you're cool. Yeah. As long as I don't slap someone. But yeah, no, we need to get back to guests on in person so that I can slap someone. No. Uh, Rick James. <laughs> no, just shoes on the couch. No. Uh, okay, no slapping people. All right. Take it easy. Cool, man. Thank you very much Cheers. for listening. Bye. Thanks yeah. for having me. Cheers, Bye. mate.